What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Drunk Turkey Show. I'm Daniel. Alongside with me is Big Blue Hymas waiting in the back. There he comes in. How's it going, my man? Beat me up, Scotty. Right? I, dude, I, I got here right on time. Right on time. <laughs> you sure did. How you doing, Big Blue? Doing good, doing good. That's my day off, so enjoy my day. Well, that's good, man. Are you going to be drinking tonight then? Sort of. I got a little bit already pre-mixed here. <laughs> You've been drinking. <laughs> about right. That sounds about right. Oh, my God. Well, it wouldn't be Big Blue if it, if it wasn't the, the pre-drinks. So, so um, grapefruit soda vodka. Nice, nice. So there was a uh, hearing today. The uh, court hasn't been out yet. Um, the video, at least it has been adjourned and, uh, all of the important stuff is, is known now. Just getting this ready. Cool. Uh, congratulations to Groot on being a member for, uh, three months. Nice. Love being here. I wanted to pull that up, but for whatever reason, my internet is just acting up again. It's either that or it's, it's my stream yard. I think it's StreamYard, dude. Been, I've been, I was having issues yesterday. Remember, we were doing mm-hmm. the recording. Yeah. See, look, I pressed that a while ago, and now it just popped up on its own. <laughs> Can you uh, remove that for me? Thank you, sir. So uh, <clears throat> the court hearing hasn't been released yet, uh, the actual footage of it, but we have some information. So this is from Andrea uh, Burkhart. She is a... Uh, you know, a lawyer and also a, has a YouTube channel. Well, she was she was at the court and I'll read some of her tweets off and then we'll uh, we'll talk about it. So the first one says, I'm here at the courthouse waiting for the status hearing to get started. Everyone is present except the judge. Very empty gallery today. So not very many people in, um, you know, in attendance. Um, <clears throat> as a nod to the size of this jury pool, judge judge stated he himself was summoned as a juror for trial. Neither side objects to him excusing himself, although I bet the defense wanted to keep him. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought they were going to get people from out of the area. That's, that's what I thought, too. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense <clears throat> if they're using the same judge from the area. It doesn't say to me that they're using you know, people from outside of the area. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. So <clears throat> maybe the judge doesn't live there either. So it's hard to tell. Right. Oh, man. She took down her tweets. Oh, yeah. She had. Oh, you know, maybe maybe it's in the replies. Yeah, that's in the it's in the replies. My bad. My bad. I found them. You scared me. <laughs> So Brian is waiving speedy trial and asking to continue the trial date. So we are not going to have a trial on October 2nd. That's being moved. Uh, we don't know at this current time when the trial is going to be. Are you, either one of you guys surprised Ref, about that trial being moved? No, not at all. Yeah, I didn't think so either. You know, I thought this was going to be moved. Who do, you, do you think that this tactic of delay, right, waiting to this moment to waive the speedy trial. Do you think that was something done by his defense or Brian Coburger himself? Probably the defense when 
than him. I mean, well, his attorneys, I'm sorry. Do you think it was his attorneys or it was yeah. his decision? No, it was, it was part of his attorneys. What do you think, Big Blue? I would think it would be his decision because his attorneys can only give him like the option of it, but it's up to him to agree to it. Right, but let's just – who's to say that they didn't come to an agreement and that they were going to prolong um, the – you know, the speedy trial that they were going to waive it. Right. Who's to say that they didn't um, come to that agreement a while ago? Whose decision was to hold off on waving it off until this moment is what I'm trying to figure out. Like, do you think that Koberger waited until, you know, either yesterday or today, this morning, that he's going to waive his, his, his rights? Or do you think that was something that was done a while ago, Blue? No. Um... I think it was probably agreed on a while ago, but they waited to the end to push it more further out one more time. So let's continue. The defense will be moving to strike the, uh, the death penalty on the grounds that Brian has been required to choose between the right of a speedy trial and effective assistance. I got a question for you. The speedy trial. You know, October 2nd. Do you think that would have benefited the defense or the prosecution? Uh, dude, you were muffled. I didn't hear anything you said. <laughs> oh, man. So can you hear me now? There you go. You it's said something about what, what, what would have benefited uh, uh, the defense or the prosecution that we said if it was to stay remains October? Right. Like who? Who? Yeah, who would it have benefited more? Oh man, I think I think the prosecution. I think it would have benefited them more. I I do. What about you, Blue? You're muted. muted. Dang it! Okay, I think it's the same. Uh, I think they both might need a little bit more time to prep a couple of things, but I think that gives the prosecution uh, it would have been more benefit if they had this trial earlier. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, a lot of people are saying that, oh, you know, you want to, you want to pressure the, um, the, 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 the prosecution, right. Into saying, all right, do, do you have enough to have built your case? You know, the speedy trial, in that sense is effective. But I think where um, the issue is, is that they had asked for a continuance on the, um, on the preliminary hearing, which was supposed to happen after 14 days. And had he uh, done his, you know, right of speedy trial, this trial would have already taken place. But since he prolonged that, and I think that went a couple of months, you know, the preliminary, and then right around the time that that hearing supposed to happen, you know, the prosecution pulls a fast one and, um, you know, does the secret grand jury. I, I would I don't put it past. I don't put it past the defense doing the same. You know, they're going to wait, you know, just like the state waited till the last moment to do the grand jury. We're going to wait till the last moment to sign our speedy, uh, our right for a speedy trial. Now, I know there was a couple of more like weeks left in the deadline for that, but, you know, I think it's a little bit of a risk if you take it all the way. It may not be um, granted, so to speak. 
And so, and, and I agree, Olivia, too, um, that this causes the families more pain and suffering. Yeah, I agree with you as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing that, that, that the defense might benefit from it is if they push it back, say they, they say, oh, we're going to push it back a year or more. Um, I think they'll demolish the house by then. The defense might get that that side, like uh, on their side, might help them out. That that, that is one hundred percent accurate, Blue. You're right. Yeah, we. I think that that house is powerful to have the jury go through, yep. and you know, if they don't have access to it, if it's demolished, let's just say, like you say, it gets pushed down a year. I think that's mm-hmm. probably reasonable, about a year. You know, I'm thinking actually probably sometime next summer. And I'm hoping for next summer. If it happens next summer, we'll be out there, y'all. Uh, you know, I don't I don't feel too keen about going and driving around Idaho in the winter. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're from well, yes, well, we're from Texas. As long as we turn off our phones, they'll be we'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, we're from Texas, so uh I'm I ruptured my Achilles tendon because we got <laughs> stuck in the snow. So I, I prefer not to be out there in the in an area where we could get lost at well, night. Well, hopefully, if we do go out, there, we'll be in the four by four or all wheel drive. Not. Nah, what are you talking about, dude? We're gonna rent a car, and the only thing that they have is like a Nissan. <laughs> it's a Prius yeah. and a front wheel hey. drive. Hey, front wheel drive will get you there. Hey, uh-huh. go burger back and forth. They get they get us a Hyundai Elantra white, <laughs> dude. That would be insane. That would be, yeah. you know. Speaking of which, I, I, I want to talk about this because I've I've seen this in in the uh, in the comments a few times that when it comes to Brian Koberger, since we're talking about cars, that they feel, oh, what's up, CJ? What's that they feel you? that. Uh, Koberger is so smart that he wouldn't have taken somebody else's vehicle. What do you think is more risky? Taking another vehicle that doesn't belong to you or taking your own? I know we'll start off with you. I think if you involve more people, you got a a bigger risk of getting caught. You know what I mean? Um, If if he was going to try to keep it as down low as possible, he would have used everything that he had it at hand, you know what I mean? Right. Not be well, borrowing or, or or asking because then they'll put up red flags. Yeah. What about you, Blue? Yeah, I mean, if if I thought about doing this, right, I wouldn't take my own car or borrow a car, but I would either, you know, take, you know, maybe walking or running paths, and maybe an Uber to somewhere like somewhere where I know there's no cameras and then walk from there. It's it's actually so hard to know like where th- there's cameras everywhere, man. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the only thing. If they catch you somewhere, they're going to just trace back where you're coming from. You know what right. I mean? Because there's so but, many ring cameras out there and surveillance uh, out there. Uber, Uber can be tracked too, so that's, that doesn't work. I would say the smartest thing I him would have been just to go running but most and, um most Ubers uh, have a dash cam, right? Uh, yeah, out, yeah most and, do. Towards the outside and one inside, because I, I heard so, a lot of them were being 
like held up. Yeah, right. they do leave trails. So um, <clears throat> bad, let's bad let's try let's try to put it in perspective though, right? Um, let's give the benefit of the doubt. Let's try to figure this out. So if the option or the goal is to get away with this crime and you opt for, you know, not using your vehicle, are you going to use a vehicle that looks like, well, eh, never mind, never mind. I was going down the wrong path. Where are you going to get that vehicle from? You have a couple of options. You're going to either buy a new vehicle, which has to be registered, and that would trace back to you. You would rent a vehicle. With that would also take, you know, credit card, ID, name. And I'm pretty sure that police would go and investigate, um, you know, um, you know, the rivers and all those other things. Right. And to make sure that one and Elantra wasn't, you know, rented out that weekend. Or the next possibility is uh, you steal one. There wasn't any reports of stolen vehicles. So, um, One of the things that I would probably do in the scenarios that we're going through is I would probably uh, order a vinyl strip and just freaking put racing stripes on the front and the and the and the and the and the roof, you know, all the way across. And then once it's done, man, just peel us right off. Oh, oh. dude, all you got to do is put bald cap, and you, they'll think you're Toretto. Right. <laughs> I mean. Let's be honest. Who's gonna put racing stripes down on Elantra? That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> they're, gonna, they're gonna be looking for his racing stripes Elantra, and then they'll be like, "That's gonna be their focus." And then you just pull, peel peel that vinyl right off, man. <laughs> so, so the, then I think the only logical explanation, or the most reasonable one, if you're gonna use another car that doesn't belong to you, it would be to borrow a vehicle. Now, let's try to figure out, you know, it didn't sound like Koberger had a bunch of friends, you know, but let's just see he did. Where would you most likely think that he would meet these friends? Probably, you know, in school, business, you know, where he works, mm -hmm. things like that. Right. In fact, it was a coworker of his that he went in and um, did the surveillance. Right. And so. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. I love it. <laughs> and so, you know, these are people that are studying criminology. Let's just say that they lended them him their car. Don't you think that they would have found it suspicious that during the time that their car was being borrowed, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, you know, so that doesn't make any sense. And even if it was somebody else who borrowed a car that looked like Coburgers, uh, that would implement, like you said, Jaime, somebody else. And you're taking a lot of risk on them not reporting you to the police when they find out that a vehicle like theirs was seen. And especially it doesn't have a front license plate. It didn't have a front license plate, right? So there's not very many vehicles that are out there in that area that don't have a front license plate that are Hyundai Elantras. So um, I feel that it is the likelihood is very small that that person is not going to freak out and call the police, right? Now, your best opportunity would get have to have that person in on it. 
Mm-hmm. Right. But then that again leads to the possibility of getting caught. In my ability. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I think that the likelihood or the thought that it's smarter to use somebody else's car versus your own, I don't, I don't buy it. You know, with your vehicle and your in, in his experience, mm-hmm. he would know how to prep that car. You know, he would know exactly what to touch, what not to touch in his vehicle. So that way, you know, if he did have anything, he limits the area that he has to clean to that specific spot. And so to me, I think that it is a a much smarter idea to take your own vehicle. Uh, You would probably want to, you know, put something on your license plate that, um, you know, one of those like dark tinted things that make it hard for license plate readers to read it. And, you know, make sure you don't have anything on your car that stands out that's unique, like a dent, a sticker. Um, aftermarket wheels, things like that. And it would be almost impossible to say, hey, that's his vehicle. Yeah. 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 I think I think him even going to the house was a high risk as well. You know what I mean? Knowing that there's so many people there that live there. Um, if if one of the the victims was a target and you know the the, the best thing well, not the best thing, but one thing that he could have probably done is probably lure that, that certain victim somewhere else. It would have been the easiest. Instead of right. going to her residence, knowing that there's a lot more people than just two, and, you know, in the in the risk of getting caught. Right, 100%. Twizzle Thick says he's a criminology student, not forensics, dot, dot, dot. I'd encourage you to go back and watch uh, our video. I don't remember which one it is, but we deep dive into what Brian Koberger studies, uh, what the prerequisites and the requirements for him attaining a master's or a master's degree at DeSales University in criminology. And it included forensic classes, Um, you know, given his status and even his own essay stated that he wanted to help. Um, collect and analyze technical forensics or technical data and forensics. So um, just because he's not a forensic guy doesn't mean he doesn't have experience or knowledge in forensics. Even a low-level police officer has some experience in forensics uh, that is trained in the academy. And so, you know, somebody that's going for their PhD, uh, I highly... I wouldn't think that a forensic course or three would be required um, for that. Yeah. Now, you don't necessarily have to be an expert to to understand where where you're going to sit and how you're going to limit your area, right, so that you're not going to touch so many things. And plus... You know, it doesn't take an expert to look up what cleaning agents, uh, you know, can be used that wouldn't show up uh, with a black light and luminal. So even our forensics expert that we had on our channel not too long ago uh, said the same thing. And so uh, she actually indicated what what over over the counter slash, you know, item you can buy in the store. Uh, uh, certain was it stain removers that. Yeah. 
in combination with some other things um, wouldn't show up and it would destroy the DNA in the car. And, you know, she indicated somebody that went to school or was in schooling for what he was going for uh, definitely would have understood that. So yeah. I get I get your theory. But I mean, it's it's kind of like saying, you know, a police officer doesn't know the law like, you know, like because he's not a lawyer. You know, a lawyer knows more about the law, an expert and specializes in the law. But a police officer is needing to know quite a bit about the law to do their job as well. Yeah. Wouldn't you guys agree? Yeah, yeah I sure. mean, they, they know quite a bit. They don't know it all, but that's because it's a big book. You know what I mean? You got to study that damn thing. And there's a lot of other stuff that they're doing, too. Yeah, I mean, if they study for forensics, I doubt to be a cop at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, we, we looked up some of the things that they were doing in the sales and for the criminology that uh, program that is required. And, and there's some forensic classes in there. In fact, I think I think the picture that that guy takes, James Fierro or Farrow, he's the guy that's uh, that was his lab partner. I think that was in a uh, forensics type class. So um, or a science class. So I, I'm not sure, but like I said, fairly positive he took a forensic class or two. Let, let, uh, let, let, alone, let alone, like, you could pretty much study yourself just using, you know, Google and whatnot. Yeah. And slowly just be picking up, um, you know, a couple of ideas here and there through just using through inter the internet, you know what I mean? From, like you said, how, what, what chemicals or products to buy. Uh, to mm -hmm. get rid of evidence and gloves, pretty much everything. But the only thing about that is, you know, there's going to be a, a paper trail, receipts. But if you buy yeah. them like way ahead of time, it's harder. It's harder to, to like, you know, find out. Right. Make a connection. True, true, true. And what Lena is talking about. So me and her are in talks. We're going to do. Um, a little bit of a mock trial. It's not going to be anything like, you know, is Brian Koberger guilty or not guilty? We don't have all the evidence. Uh, but based on the evidence that we do have, um, you know, she's going to represent the uh, defense and present, you know, the case that for Brian Koberger and represent uh, the prosecution. Big Blue and Jaime will be on, on the jury. Uh, there will be another two other people. Uh, we're still working out the, the details. Um, we have a, a guy that we're talking with that's going to be a mock judge to make sure everything goes smoothly. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe and ring that notification bell. That way you're notified when that goes down. It's probably going to be in the next couple of weeks. So. I just want to say also congratulations. I saw she beat us. She hit the 40K. So congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. That doesn't that doesn't roll over right for the sunglasses here, no? It doesn't. Uh, no, that wasn't part of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I'm remember. Gonna, what, I want to take these the damn things is. off already, man. <laughs> I can't remember what the, the the deal was that we made. I don't think we made one, but we just jokingly said. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I look forward to it. You know, um, I think that there's a when it comes to like, for instance, me, Hyman, Blue, we all kind of think very similar when it comes to this case 
we believe that there's a good to have a balance. And so some of the folks that we brought on the show don't necessarily align with our, you know, our thoughts, but I think it's good to have that discussion to know what the other side is thinking. And perhaps maybe we'll learn something and we'll understand that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, at the end of the day, as long as everybody respects each other, which, which they should, uh, it'll be a good, it'll be a good thing, a good conversation. Thank you. But I feel like we got there together. I hope you guys here love and respect you guys beyond respectful. Thank you. Thank you. We thank appreciate you. you and we respect you as well. And thank so, you. um, well, let's continue with the, um, the tweets. So, um, the defense will be moving to strike the death penalty. I already read that. The court is going through a waiver colloquy with Brian. He is clearly and briefly and affirming that this is what he wants to do. The judge asks, are you sure you want to do this? Brian replies, absolutely. The judge, judge wants a written waiver of speed or trial. Defense did not prepare one. Judges obtain one from Odyssey. They may use it. Bill Thompson does not object, states that waiving the speedy trial is smart. Now, to say that and say, you know, why do you think that the prosecution would say that? Like, oh, yeah, yeah that's a smart thing to do. You know, what do you think, Big Blue? Why, why would the prosecution think that was smart? Which part again? I it kind of broke up a little bit. The question. The part that it says that um, Bill Thompson, the prosecutor, does not object, states that waiving the speedy trial is smart. I think because uh, it gives them more time to to uh, like like uh, process more of this. I guess more of the stuff and. Gives them more time for the defense to like maybe Brian will finally decide to say put in a, a plea deal or something. Maybe give him some time to to stir in, in in the jail and figure out what what's gonna happen. That's my opinion. What about you, Jaime? Do you think that um that this is maybe perhaps what does it say about the confidence? If they would have started, do you think that Bill Thompson and the prosecution is are ready to go to court? You know, them saying hey, it's smart of you to do that to get better prepared. What do you I, think? I, I think the prosecution says that because they have a feeling that they don't have anything to, to help with the alibi or anything like that to help them get off uh, off these charges. So it makes it feel more confident about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that the prosecution... Uh, are confident in their case and would be able to go to trial now. Also, this, um, not saying that he could win or would win in, a, in the appeals, but, you know, if he were to appeal that he didn't have his um, his stuff ready. <clears throat> Interesting. I'll check that out in a second. But, um, man, I forgot where I was at. But, yeah, so... Oh, yeah. So I think it's because of appeals. You know, if he ends up, um, you know, being found guilty and then he goes to appellate court and says, you know, we didn't have, you know, our defense, our defense wasn't properly prepared. We didn't have enough time, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Then then we could see something in appeals. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. Definitely. So, you think maybe uh, they want to waive that? That way they can have enough time to maybe get their hands on the unknown DNA that they have? Yeah, that would give them a good time to find out. That would. That would. You know, and I'm glad you bring it up. I wanted to talk about that. Uh, the unknown DNA. The defense paperwork indicates that the DNA um, was male. And, man, I wish I could find the paperwork. Looking for it earlier, I just can't remember what um, which one it was. But it was the, um, basically it was stating that, damn it, dude. Uh, when it comes to the, the, the DNA that the DNA did not belong to Brian Koberger and they, they suspected that it was entered into CODIS. I know that there's been a lot of question that, um, you know, the CODIS was entered in CODIS. Was it not entered in CODIS? You know, the prosecution alludes that it was entered into CODIS because it came back as a male and not related to Brian Koberger. Um, you know, we spoke the other day as to why we think or one of the possibilities was that they didn't do the genetic tree. And I think it's because it's FBI policy. Now, knowing that, right, knowing that the FBI policy is they can only get involved if there are no leads. Right. If there's a lead that develops, they can now they have to back out. They can no longer get involved, you know. If that ends up being the case, does it seem less suspicious to you guys? It's a document that got dropped. That's a new one? I think her declaration. All right, hold on. There's a few of them. Rescheduling order regarding notice of hearing, replies to state objection, uh, um, to defendant's motion to demiss grand jury. Now, I think she's saying that's where um, that document was. And which one was it again? Oh. Can you pull it back up, Blue? Ann Taylor's yeah. declaration. Yeah. Let's see. No, it wasn't actually in that. It was the state's response. Um, the state admits that no, you know what? That one part was in the, uh, yeah, that's right. It was in Ann Taylor's. And then the state, state's response is also uh, important. I had them up last time. But, well, anywho, we'll, um, we'll look at that in a second. And so, I had a, um, I had, I had a question. I had a question about that DNA. Um, let's say, let's just say that Brian Colbert is found guilty, right? After everything, right? Right. Right. And then it comes to light that he might have an accomplice. What would that do with that DNA? Did that be enough to start building a, a DNA, like a tree? Right now. Oh, so if he comes back that he had, I don't think so because the way the wording stated was that they couldn't get involved if they had a lead or a suspect, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm meaning that, you know, Brian Koberger being arrested or even found guilty, even if there's other people that are involved, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they still have a lead with Brian Koberger. 
And I think that there's some gray area there. You know, it's like, hey, they have an arrest. You can always just go and interrogate that guy. Oh, you know, if he talks to you in prison, he will or he won't, you know, and, um, you know, to find out through him who his accomplice was. And so that might be the tricky aspect behind it, which is like what I said was, you know, in the paperwork from the state, the state indicates that the um, that they cannot, you know, use the FBI or FBI policy is that once to learn they cannot go any further. So is it possible that they created a lead, you know, from the sheath and that pointed to Koberger first, you know, that was the first DNA that they did because we don't know where the other three DNAs were. You know, we know one was outside in a glove. We know two were inside where the bodies were located, but not specifically where, you know, was it on the bodies? Was it on the, was it on the counter? Was it, you know, on the wall? Right. Do they say if it was upstairs or the third floor, second? It doesn't, right? It just says near the bodies, right? Yeah, that's all it says is just that near the bodies were, or where the bodies were located. And so, you know, that could be the entire room. You know, there was a party there the night before with 150 people there. I wouldn't be surprised if there is, you know, a lot of DNA, or I'm surprised that there's only, well, the term is three unknown. How many more did they find that were known? And that could kind of lead you to understand the complex and how complex that scene was, right? Let's just say they found, you know, 20 samples and, or, or 30 samples and they were able to, deter, you know, clear everybody except for the two inside that room, right? And you have one on a sheath. So you had three at the time of when they discovered it or went through the lab, right? Are you going to test, you know, the stuff that is around everything? You know what I mean? And yeah, how do they know their mail without STR? That means that they probably send it into CODIS. Now, I would I would assume that they did that with everybody's, right? And in my my opinion, once you, you know, I think that the DNA on the sheath is probably the main focus for investigators at that moment. You know, like, like if I was investigating this and I saw that, all right, we have three unknown DNA samples, one on what we believe held the murder weapon and two on items that were located where there was a tremendous amount of other DNA around it. I'm going to go and say, let's focus in on the sheath first. All right. If we figure out who that is and it comes back a dead end, then we'll move on to the next one. So FBI goes, they get a match to Brian Koberger, say, hey, check out this guy. So they go and they go and look for, um, you know, some things that could eliminate him as a suspect. You know, does he have a white Elantra? If he doesn't have a white Elantra or access to a white Elantra, if he doesn't, then that, that's that's a question mark. But he does. All right. They go and get his phone records. All right. Um, was his phone off? Because they knew that it wasn't connected to the tower. Is his phone off or on during the time of the crime? If it is, it's not, you know, near the residence. So that would, you know, exonerate him. Ah, his phone was off during the murders. Right. You know, those things 
uh, and end up building up into the point where, all right, let's go and uh, pull his trash, which is what they did on December 27th. So, and they were able to match that DNA to Brian Koberger. Do you guys think that it is wrong for the state or for the FBI to not disclose their information as to how they came up with Brian Koberger's name? Let's start off with you, Blue. You're muted. I'm sorry. What was the question again? One more time. I don't even remember. Pay attention, Blue. No, I was. I was reading the comments and. No, it and said it's, if it's a bad thing if uh, FBI uh, doesn't say how they obtained the the DNA. Brian Koberger's name. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. I don't think it's. There's certain stuff, like I said, that the FBI and other government agencies can can do as legal and illegal. Um, but there's only so much that that we can get into without them having to go to like the federal court appeals. It's gonna have to go to a different court to get more information. You know, it's gonna have the Supreme Court kind of deal, go up go up the chain of command to get some of that stuff to get unclassified. So I don't think in this case it would get that far. I don't know. Gotcha, gotcha. What about you, Jaime? What do you think? Do you think that it's uh is it a bad thing? Does it look bad on the law enforcement on the prosecution? Uh, I mean it does, but it'll look well, I wanna say it might turn some heads for the jurors, you know what I mean? Yeah. I uh, think that's that's kind of a kind of a you know catch twenty two on that part, you know. Yeah, and like like I said last time, we theorized why they want to use it is because because it, it's it's pointless, right? At the end of the day, the state got a warrant on good police work for the cheek swab to test to the DNA on his, on the knife sheet. You can't get that thrown out or the case thrown out based on um, what the FBI did with the SNP profile. The only thing that you can get thrown out, the SNP profile and tree that was created, right? And so if you go ahead and do that, you're back to square one. You're back to this point. Now, the reason why I think that they want it put in is so that during trial they'll have this on record and i think they're hoping that something was done wrong based on the fact that it was never intended to go to trial right necessarily mean that something was done wrong i don't think that there was i think that everybody signed the chain of custody everything was done appropriately but i think the hope is that since it wasn't designed to go to trial, that there might be something wrong and or maybe they used um, a platform they weren't supposed to illegally. Right. And the reason why they want this is because it won't affect the STR. But what it will do is allow the defense to bring information in court. So when, you know, um, the defense or the prosecution brings up a witness on DNA, and during cross-examination, 
you know, all Ann Taylor has to do is say, isn't it during this investigation that there was some evidence uh, that violated chain of custody? And the person would have to say, because it's in court, it's part of it, it's there, and that can confuse the jury. And Ann Taylor's already confused <laughs> a lot of people. And so she's a good lawyer, a good lawyer. But I think that's why they want it in there. Um, I don't know if we said thank you, Liz, but thank you for your thank you, thank you. You know, one thing I was I was thinking of was, what if you know them delaying the court is also another tactic about people forgetting some of the information about this case. You know, if it gets pushed back two years from now, people won't remember half the information that they know now in two years. So they get a jury selection then. I don't know when they're going to push it back, but I know here I've seen some cases go two or three years before the guy gets tried. You know, if they appeal or they or they ask for more information. I don't know how that state works. Yeah. Um, but by then, by the time the case came up, I don't. I didn't remember half the stuff that happened, so I had to go back and look. Like, oh, and I don't know, because all you hear is this case is being tried. People move on, and people forget. The only people that ain't gonna forget are like us that are covering it, or like the family members. But the public will forget because there's so much news stories and information coming out every day that we start taking more information about other stuff and forget a little bit more of this. So I think that's one tactic that they can use. Is uh you know have the jury pull at a later time so that way they won't be biased against one side. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you, Terry Blue, for your nine nine ten super sticker. Thank you. Thank you. I, I also want to encourage you guys if you guys are interested in um you know supporting the channel, uh, try uh, joining the membership. You know you would end up having you, you don't have uh, a time limit when you're chatting uh, in the live chat. Um, you don't have to wait the 45, 60 seconds to type again. You get to automatically just push them out. We also do member only lives. We had one this weekend. It was a great time. It was one of the more funner lives that we had. Uh, we gave away some koozies and, and some stickers. And so I would encourage you guys, the link is in the description or, or you, you know, if you're on Apple, um, just hit description and it should say, uh, to join or perks, just hit that button and that'll get you there. Also, if you're on uh, on any any other device, just hit the join button. Appreciate it. Yeah. Is that the? It also comes with um, Blues OnlyFans, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a clean one though. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately. PG thirteen. And I saw that, that that on on Ima's bottle, he's got something on his bottle. Oh, my water bottle. Since I don't have yeah. a beer with me. Yeah. Oh, that's the koozie. That's oh, the koozie. If you guys are interested in koozies, I have the other one right here. And you can't really see it. Kind of greenish. But that's you can kind of see that's us right there. Email us if you're interested in a koozie. On them for $12 plus shipping. Yeah, we got another $3 super sticker from uh, Lames Bond Double. Thank you. Lames Thank Bond you. 007. All right, so we have the footage now of the uh, of the trial. So let's 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 tune in and, and watch this. Yeah. 
I'm having a hard time hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's typing like Rick and Ralph in there. I know they're like right next to the damn microphone. Like who, whose idea was it to put the mic next to the the person that's typing everything? I can't remember I can't remember what they're called, man. Um but I was watching a report that there's uh I think they're court reporters or something like that. Court reporter, right? Yeah. And there's a shortage in them, so Anybody that's good at typing, man, they have a course at some local colleges, and starting salary is like a hundred k for court reporters. Oh, wow. yeah, these murders shaking our community. You know, like I, you know how I said last time, they need to get some better mics in there, man, yeah. because Jesus, like, I have no idea what they said. Can you? Is there a way to start over? Or is this? I can start it over, but it, uh, there's no damn like um, captions on this or anything yet. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Is there there's no want... captions or anything? All right, I think I got a better one. I think I got a better one. Let's let's move this one over here. Well, hold on. let me minimize this. Put that there. Maximize it, and let's. Those captions are unavailable. Son of a gun. Yeah, transcriptionist, man. I can hear her typing. First and foremost, what do you think about his appearance? Do you think that he's lost weight, gained weight since, um, you know, going to trial? Does he look more healthier? You know, you look at Richard Allen. That guy has completely, like, deteriorated. Yeah. Right. I don't I don't see that in Brian Koberger. I think he's a to me he looks a lot fitter than he did when he went in. He does look thicker, but you know, if he was a guy working out a lot, right? And I would assume prison food's probably not the most healthiest, although they're you know, doing his diet. Um I assume that he was working out quite a bit, right? We knew that he was running at least a six minute mile. Based on his uh, workout app, you know that's that's no joke, right? And that would indicate to me that he had a lot of cardio in. And now I highly doubt he's doing any of that. <laughs> and so I think that's why he's probably got some weight gain is the fact that he can't work out. Now, do you think that would uh, help help him if let's just say this gets pushed out to next summer and? And he puts on 40 pounds by then. Would that help his case or hurt his case? Um, 40 pounds? Man, um, I don't think it'll hurt at all. I mean, I don't know. It, it, goes, it can go both ways because, like, just like you said with uh, Richard Allen, like, you know, he 
apparently confessed on the to his wife, right? And then he his health just deteriorated real fast. He's not the same guy that went in there. You yeah. Know? So right here, like if he's he gains weight, um, I don't know, man. For me, I would think I don't think it would. Um, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing for me, but do we know anybody else will be different? Have any of the victims' families showed up for this hearing today or no? I don't know, man. I didn't. I didn't hear that. And Afton Ford uh, gifted a membership. Uh, was it Twizzle Stick? End up getting it. Congratulations and thank you, uh, Afton, for doing that. We appreciate yeah, it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I don't know. I think it would it would affect him negatively. Um, in my opinion. He it, goes in there kind of looking slobby. Yeah, maybe it's like it's. Remember that? You ever remember that that movie? I think it was a scary movie where that the, they they get the that guy and they put him in the interrogation room with donuts, <laughs> and he ate them all. He's like, "You gotta eat them all because if you don't eat them all, they'll think you're you're guilty or whatever they're trying to get you for." So he's like, he ate like six or seven of them. <laughs> Jeez. But it, then, then, like, as soon as, and as, as soon as the cops came in, he like knocked on his friend. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch that one. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I, I would say uh, one thing though. He, he, I'm not sure if he does, but most of the time, people are saying that he probably has a, a vest under his shirt, like a bulletproof vest. Yeah, can we? Can you go back and now? Uh, he does kind of walk, kind of like, you know, like like he's swollen and shit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see a vest. It's part. It's probably like one of those, um, like for like knives and stuff. You know what I mean? For like a stabbing, not not a, like know, a man. bulletproof vest. I'm... Nah, I would think it'd probably be more if they're gonna wear a vest. It's got to be a bulletproof vest. Well, yeah. I mean, that, it, like right here, it doesn't look like that. Yeah, it don't yeah. look like he has one. It don't look like it either. Probably they took it off when he walked into the court, or maybe on transport he had one. Yeah, I doubt it'll be. Under his shirt, right? It'll be over. Yeah, it'll be, be over his whatever he's wearing. Would you consider him uh, muscular or athletic, but not muscular? So swimmers built. I mean, that's what Dylan, you know, stated that the person yeah. that she saw in the house was athletic, but not muscular. Yeah, I think I think he's, he looks like a runner. He looks like a swimmer. You know, I mean, he has a. Like it looks like he has a lot. Yeah, like he looks like he has more of a. Like an upper body. And then he does... Uh, I wonder what kind of vegan food they provide in the jail. Here's your, your vegetable paste. It's mm-hmm. here. You know, you know what I don't understand about vegan, like vegan food? I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but like... Why does why do they make it try to taste like something else, like, like beef? Like... It feels good. Why the hell would you try to make it taste like anything else but just leave it like the way it is? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I guess the the goal isn't or the objection isn't the taste of the food. It's the act of of having to, you know, uh, take an animal's life. I don't know. I also saw you know I also saying? saw this I also saw this meme where it shows uh like a jaguar and it says carnivore and they're all slim. The mm-hmm. cheetahs all slim because they're carnivores, and then they show a freaking elephant and the hippopotamus. And they're all doing 
they don't need they don't need meat, so I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> they eat a lot of carbs. It makes no sense. It makes no <laughs> sense. Yeah. You know, well, I'll tell you what, vegan food, sorry guys, uh, it's okay, but y'all's pizza sucks. You know, oh. there's the cauliflower pizza from from the main event out here in San Antonio ain't bad. <laughs> Shut up. Shout out, Shout out to me. main event. Sponsor us, please. <laughs> <laughs> cauliflower is supposed to be cauliflower mixed with cheese or something, but. The pizza sucked. I mean, it made me sick, man. I got I threw up like the whole night after eating the cauliflower pizza. It's because your body's used to that dough. My 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 uh, uncle my uncle's a vegetarian man, and uh, and he made some but he made some dope dope hamburgers, bro. Like I was eating, I was munching, and I was like, man, these are good. He's like, oh yeah, they're they're veggie burgers. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? I don't understand how this is how, what's going on. It's like, you go look yes. in the mirror, your teeth are all green. It was all <laughs> pale. It was all droopy eyed <laughs> and shit. All right. All right. And I think Brian's about six foot. You know, you know, that's not an average height of six foot for, for a guy. You know what I'm saying? I think like five foot eight, five foot ten, or something like that is the average height. And so, if you're six oh, foot, you're gonna tower. You're gonna tower over some people. Not look it up. Look it up, Blue. That's you're not paying attention, anyways. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I, I was. Like, this, this is my reaction. reaction. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that was totally me. Right, I, I don't know. If that's the average height for men. I think I thought it was like five eleven. Uh, I don't know, man. I thought, I I thought five, it was like five foot nine or five ten. So I know five, 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 six is for like women, like females, right? Five seven, I thought. Is it or something like that? I don't know. No. Blue, look it up. Yeah, five eight in there. Uh, I will Google that because everybody says that like, Google is. I don't know. That court reporter's pissed. She sounds like she's typing someone's thoughts. <laughs> she probably is. Okay, five foot nine is the answer you're looking for. Five foot nine. Mr. Fulberger and talk about his trial date and his speedy trial life. 
Your Honor, we're here today to ask the court to continue the trial setting, and Mr. Koberger is prepared to waive his right to a speedy trial. Your Honor, there, is, um, there are a couple of things that need to place on the record. One can come after the court takes his waiver, but one I think ought to come before the court takes his waiver. Your Honor, as the court knows, we will file a number of motions to strike the death penalty and I to see the attention. Because we're here today to waive speedy and ask the court to continue, I think the court and counsel ought to know that one of the motions that we will be filing is a motion to strike the death penalty because it places Mr. Koberger in a position where he has to choose between two rights. One, that being the right of the speedy trial, or the other right to effective assistance of counsel. I didn't want that to come filed later and have it be any surprise that I knew it was coming. It will be coming. That motion will be coming. And rest What do you think about that? That she's basically saying that he has to choose between his right of um, a speedy trial and or, you know, the uh, the right for a for defense. And they're asking to remove the death penalty. How does that how do those things correlate? Are you making is that making sense to you? I'll be honest, man, you can't hear shit. Yeah, it's a little hard, but. Oh, I was able to. I put both both of my earplugs in, and I could hear what was saying. I, I'll try to. Yeah, please do. But like, you know what I was thinking? Um, do you think <laughs> that people are just taking a beating, man? <laughs> What's it called? Um, do you think that maybe remember when he wanted to have the speedy trial, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think maybe he thought, you know, I got caught, I'm busted. Let's just get the shit over with, you know. And then they comes to find out that maybe the prosecution doesn't have that much that he thought, and now that's why he wants to skip and then just risk it for the biscuit at the end. Maybe. I mean, that kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um, you, you know, or at least you know his his um, his lawyer is. Trying to cast that reasonable doubt, and he thinks that that might be enough. You know, the only thing about it though is that he was pretty adamant early on that he was like, and he used the term, wanted to exonerate himself, right? And so that's the only thing that kind of puts, you know, that down. I think it was planned from a while ago. You know, I think first and foremost, I think Brian Coburger committed this crime. That's my opinion. It's speculation. He's, you know, innocent until proven guilty still. But I think he committed this crime. And I think that he um, is a very well calculated person. And he um, did a lot of things, very like the details, all the details covered. Like I said before, leave that sheath behind. This is an unsolved, you know, homicide to this day, quadruple homicide. So he did a lot of things right, despite all the dumb mistakes that people say that he made, you know, taking his phone, using his own car, leaving the knife sheath. They didn't find DNA in his car. They didn't find evidence of the stalking on his phone, according to the defense. Now, I do want to bring that up. Court TV indicated that Brian Koberger was following three of the victims on Instagram. Like, like how, do, how is that accurate? And also, 
Ann Taylor's, you know, motion where she says that there's no connection between Koberger and the victims. How do those two things add up together? That is, the math ain't adding up. The math ain't mathing. It's not. Yeah. So, so who's lying? Right. The one I thing mean, I uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. The one thing that I wanted to bring up was they're asking for the death penalty to be taken off the table, mm-hmm. but not life without parole. Not saying that he's innocent. So is that like an admission of guilt that he's gonna, you know? It, it sure sounds like something. <laughs> it sounds like they're prepared to lose. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't reek confidence. And a lot of this case don't reek confidence. I think that they're trying really hard with this preliminary stuff or these pre-trial hearings because mm-hmm. they probably know that they got the rights. You know, I think that the prosecutor. And the defense team is very confident in their case. You know, we also have to realize that they didn't have only six months. You know, they also had the time between November 13th and the time that Brian Koberger was arrested to have studied and analyzed all the uh, visual footage and evidence to determine that it was right. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a hell of a lot longer than what the prosecution or the defense had to prepare. And so... Five plus five is equaling four fifty-two. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mama, that makes sense, right? In this case, <laughs> um, you know, for me, it just like I said, I it sounds like not not so much a, a, an admission of guilt, but like preparation for a loss. I think I think annotators trying to become woke and have that new world map. Y'all see that theory that. That uh, that math, math is biased or something like that. Is this person saying that one plus one uh, is not always going to be two? In in somebody's mind, it could be three, and that could still be correct. I think that's Antater's math theory. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right. So let, let me let me ask. Well, if you if Antater. Uh, believes, you know, she's going through this to to waive the right for a speedy trial, and um, you know, to take off the the, the death penalty, right? Yeah. You wouldn't think they would go for a plea. Well, I think before they do that, I think what they're trying is take the death penalty off, so that way uh, there's no little, t- there's no risk, right? Um, the plea is probably going to be uh, life without parole, right? Yeah, exactly. if, if, if you get that as, as the maximum punishment by taking off the death penalty, then you're going into trial like, hey, you know, you're not losing out on that plea. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And now you can, you can fight this in court without the pressure also of knowing that your life is on the line. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if taking the death penalty off, that's that's a win over itself, right? For her, or for his client, for her client. I would agree. I think that would be a, that would definitely be a win. A win. That, a win. I've seen that happen before in other cases. That um, one of them's about to get released, and 
a lot of people are not happy about it. And it was with the the Manson murders. One of the one of the girls that helped them. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess she had life without parole or something instead of getting a death penalty. So she, I guess. So she's like 70 now? Yeah, she finally got it approved where she's going to get released on parole, but she's like 76 or something like that. Yeah. Oh, the, you know, the families, uh, the victims still want her to run in, until she passes. So. It's, yeah. It's, it's difficult. That would be. Thank you, Mikey, for gifting a membership. And Carrie Templeton for receiving that gift. Congratulations. Congrats. All right, let's play this some more. Stand up and request that he's going to see you today. The rest can be placed on the record after the reports. Questions? Well, you heard all that, um, Mr. Oberger? Yes? Yes. And, um, is that the case that you want to waive your speedy trial rights? Yes. Do you understand that those rights uh, are statutory in Idaho, also uh, protected by the United States Constitution and the Idaho Constitution? Yes. Do you understand that if you waive, you're waiving really forever in this case? So uh, if we were to push, push this out, this case, and then something else happens that allows us or requires us to push it out a little farther, uh, we can't claim the right to a speedy trial at that point. You understand that? Yes. See, that's that's important. So please tell me because I didn't. <laughs> so he was asking him mm-hmm. if he understood uh, where did Blue disappear to? But he had asked if he had understood that um what do you call it um if he understood that by waiving his right for speedy trial that if something comes up later and it has to be moved again that he can't you can't ever claim a right of speedy trial anymore yeah you know so the defense can push this out for quite a bit oh yeah. wow thank you canadian true crime buff for gifting five memberships you know, for those that are new members, go check out our member-only lives. We did one a couple of days ago. Uh, we think you'll be enjoy. And so, um, are you still having trouble putting up comments? No, the for whatever reason, Streamyard ring up when somebody gifts. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't bring it up, so okay. And I have it on my phone right here, so I can read it. Mm. Um, do, do you think that, you know, that's one of the things that is, the, I guess, the worry, right? One of the things or your rights for a speedy trial is that the state can't prolong it over, over again, essentially keeping you in jail for multiple years until you go to court. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just think that, in my opinion, um, and thank you, Big Mark Langley. We appreciate you being a new member. Thank you know, you. I just Welcome. think that I think that it's. um that was probably one of the reasons why they were not waiving it try to avoid that uh, but i do think that this is going to push this court out significantly yeah i mean it can also work in you know state's favor you know um if they come up with more evidence obviously yeah Especially and that's basic 
that's what the judge said. If something else comes up, like if they found more evidence and they had to push it back. Yeah, yeah. So it, could, it, 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 like I said before, it can go. It can be good for the, you know, prosecution and for the, the for the state. So, you know, if I was, if I was the prosecution, I'd be looking damn hard for that knife. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. All right, let's continue this. Did you pick up any of that? <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> I just hear mumbling. I just heard him say, uh, "Absolutely, yes, no." no. But that's like yeah, he's the his... clearest one of all. Oh, for sure. So basically, he was just asking, you know, has anybody threatened you or forced you to do this? He was saying, yeah. "No." Are you sure you want to do this? Yes. Uh, and then he said, "Are you absolutely sure you want to do? Are you sure you want to do this?" And he said, "Absolutely." Wow, Blue, thank you for popping in like that. Right. And, um, you know, when they ask his attorney if she's aware and she agrees, she goes, yes, absolutely. We don't have enough counsel. We have not done our investigation. We, you know, all those things required for an effective defense. Mm-hmm. She sounded like she was relieved. Does, yeah. does that say to you that Brian Koberger was pushing the speedy trial until this point? Yeah. Yeah, he was. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be like, hey, man, you got to chill out, man. You're going to get, you know, we're trying to get you at least live and not death haunting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what, yeah. it, that's what it is. But, like, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, man. That's like a, from the judge all the way to the lawyers, man. It's like a five minute Uber ride and shit, man. What the hell? <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, no. the guy's in the next door. The judge is next door talking to yeah. these people. <laughs> He's on the corner. Right? Like, oh. like it, that's super far. Like, I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know. That, that's the spotters I ever seen the judge. Well, I think well, they do have microphones, but yeah, that is pretty far. What microphones? We only have one that's right next. It's like on top of the type, uh, the keyboard. Well, well, the court has the microphones. We aren't privileged to it, unfortunately. Mm. No, I know. Or Brian Koberger's is the only one. It's uh, working. Yeah, Daniel, we need your. You can uh, can't unarrest someone without due process summary, please. Yeah, you can't arrest somebody without the uh, with a magistrate's order. Like for instance, even if he came out with, even if we found exculpatory evidence, right? Like let's just say tomorrow Bethany comes forward and says. No, when Koberger, the person that was in the house, was uh, a fraternity member of a nearby fraternity. I recognized his voice. It was him. And so, you know, and even if that guy comes out and says, yeah, it was me, that doesn't mean that Brian Koberger walks out free that day. 
he'd have to go through the process. He'd have to go through court. It, it wouldn't be a long process, but it could be two, three weeks, maybe two months sometimes. So, yeah, it, it is. Um, it is one of those things where you, you, you can't do You have to go through the process. And yeah. so there, there was a there was a case a while back. I can't remember. I think there was like a documentary on it on Netflix where this guy was accused of um, uh, on the or killing a. I think a, a lady or something. I can't remember if it was a lady or a guy, but um, they gave a description of the guy and what the vehicle looked like, whatever. And then they were coming down to this guy that, you know, they arrested him. He fit the description and everything. He had a car similar to it. And um, they arrested him and he said that his alibi was like, oh, I was at a, I was at a baseball game with my son. Right? Mm-hmm. And they asked the kid at the if they were at the baseball game or whatever, and they, they, the kids said, yeah. And they still couldn't, uh, like, he wasn't a reliable witness, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then what happened is that he remembered that they were filming, uh, like, a TV show or something like that, right? So his lawyer went through the all the film from that TV show, and he ended up seeing him in the background. At that mm. cell, oh, wow. on, the, on that same where, where he was supposed to be, you know what I mean, where he said he was at, and they cleared him because of that. Yeah, I think I remember that. It was crazy. I think I actually remember that. I mean, that if it wasn't crazy. if it wasn't for that, for them filming a the show around where he was at, like he would, they would have, he would have, he would have been in jail. Yeah, that's crazy. No, yeah, you're right. You know, you're you're absolutely right. Now, you know, one of the things that you know, speaking of time and and, and alibis and all this other stuff is one of the things is that I've seen also in the comment section was, you know, the original timeline, the original timeline, you know, cops came out saying that it was between three and four. The reason why I think law enforcement said that early on was in case somebody came in with a false confession. You know, if they came in and said, Hey, I, uh, I committed this crime. They were like, all right, you know, how did you do it? How did you enter? What time did you get there? And if he's just spewing things that is out there and, you know, in the media, oh, I got there at at three thirty, mm-hmm. and went through the back glass door. Um, you know, I found somebody in the hallway, and you know, um, they're in the kitchen uh, as I walked in, and you know, everything that's completely off, right? And what was going on, or the rumors, or what was spreading in the media. So I think that's why that was done to be one of the clues to determine whether or not if somebody comes forward. Like if they come forward and say, I committed this crime, but it wasn't at three, it was at four, four oh five. Oh shit. Well, you know, as a law enforcement officer then say, you know, nobody knows that only law enforcement knows that. And only the killer would know that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's why it's like that. Uh, also, I find it real strange that people would like confess to crimes that didn't commit. That's crazy. But it happens a lot. Especially in high-profile crimes, mm-hmm. like John Bonnet Ramsey has had like three or four people, you know, confess to her. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and none of them have done it. They 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 can't prove it was them. So, you know, they've confessed and they've come out with stories and written things. And one dude supposedly lived fairly close, and yet still not arrested. Yep. Yeah. All right, we got about. No, no, 13 minutes on this. Let's continue. 
his son, Mr. Koberger, willing today to write, uh, to um, sign his name and you need to sign your name on the uh, waiver of CD drive? Then I can tell you that I did not prepare Mr. Koberger for that, and that would be because I did not follow the sports practice. I expected it would be a great help for today, and that would be So for those that couldn't hear, he's talking about um, asking if Brian Koberger was prepared to sign the waiver. Uh, Ann Taylor said that she didn't, you know, she didn't have one prepared. He says that he has a basically like a um, boilerplate version of the waiver that Brian Koberger is supposed to sign. I think he does sign it. So we'll be able to see which hand he signs with, his left or his right. And I'm super interested in that because we've seen – pictures of him using his right hand to write and sign things. And there was uh, the ABC podcast that indicated that when he signed, um, you know, uh, his extradition rights away that he signed it with his left hand. So that has been something for me that has been, uh, I've been wondering about, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we'll continue. Let that settle for a second. Uh, Mr. Thompson, do you have any objections? Um, no, Your Honor. I, mean, I think everybody would like to have it resolved sooner or later, but I think the case here is of great importance and complexity that this is a smart Thank you. I, I would so asked if the prosecution if he had any objections for him to waive his rights, and he said no. And uh, at the end of it, he said he thinks that this is a smart move on yeah. his part. Yeah, I heard that one. Dude, yeah, this only, typewriter. That's, yeah, that's, that's the only thing I heard so far. <laughs> like, uh, this person here, at first I was thinking, man, I think it's this one lady up in the front right there next to uh, Thompson. Because she's typing, but then I saw her not typing, and it was still typing. So I was like, ah, oh, no, that's not her. But I was like, if it was her, and it sounded like that from there. <laughs> oh, wait, I saw something I like. Ah, oh, man, I can't show it. What's going on? Oh, there it goes. You know it. You know it. <laughs> All, right. All right. So let's continue this. I do agree with that. I mean, we have so many things going on. There's a lot of issues left to resolve. Uh, and as you know, I mean, you probably understand that. And you're all thinking uh, this, that it's going to be very difficult to put everything together that needs to be put together for uh, a full summer. This is a this is a uh, very significant, uh, complicated case uh, for all the lawyers, and particularly for Mr. Cooper. Um, so I understand we want to be fully prepared uh, for this trial, and if it happens, also so uh, and likewise for the state, likewise for the court. We absolutely do that. 
any any So the only thing the judge is doing is just um, saying that he uh, also agrees why um, it should be uh, the speedy trial should move, you know, be waived. He doesn't object to it himself. And he says that there's a lot going on and a lot of people, uh, a lot of things that need to be done before court. And so he's also agreeing to this being the smart idea. What's it called? Did, did he say that it's going to be a hard trial, especially for the prosecution? Or did I mishear that? I, I don't know. Let me let me rewind it a little bit. Was it right before I paused it? It was a while ago. Yeah, it was right before you paused it. Yeah, right, let's go back to here and let's listen. It's a complicated case. And in particular for Mr. Koberger. Oh, okay, okay. I totally yeah. didn't hear that right. I don't know yeah, what kind of earphones you have, but man, I am. I saw they sound like it's uh, the parents or the adults in Charlie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I got the cheap ones, dude, that you get at the airport for the airplane that plugs in. It still has the <laughs> one of them goes in and out, but when I have both of them in and I'm like not moving in the right direction, I can hear it. Yeah, I can hear it, but it's just like it's a little, a little low. I have to turn I on my mic. I can hear what the lady's typing. <laughs> I can, I can tell what letter she's typing by <laughs> the, <way> the <laughs> keyboard sounds. Uh, thank you, Angel, for uh, gifting a Drunk Turkey Show membership, and congratulations to Deandra for uh, receiving said gifted membership. Congratulations, y'all! Awesome, awesome. We, we have a new membership um, group. You know, before it was the social turkey, the smoke turkey, the buzz turkey, and the uh, uh, the drunk turkey at the end, right? Now we have, look, what do you keep doing? He's like, I'm not in, I'm not a, I'm not in the ad, so he's going to take the part of this ad. <laughs> and now we have the, uh, what is it, the Pult Squad, which is basically the baby turkey squad. It's only 99 cents to be a member per month. Go check it out. You have all access to all the perks. Um, majority of them will probably do, um, you know, things, more things for uh, our upper echelon members as we move along. But I wanted to remind you guys. That. So you. Um, <laughs> three texts into walking to a bar. Find out what happens next. Join our flock. There it is. There it is. So you. Join the flock. I like that. All right, let's let's go back to this. Zoom in perfect. Right. But this is why they want to get the uh, courts out of trial because they zoom in on him too much. He's using his right hand too, right? Oh, you know what? I missed it. It looked it looked like his left. Huh? Negative. 
It does look like he's right. It does look like he's right. Yeah, he gets she gives him the pin and he writes or go back? Hmm, I don't know. I'm confused. Dude, I can't tell because she she reaches over to give it to him. She doesn't just hand this, right? So she reaches all the way over, and I think his right hand is holding the paper while he signs with his left. I think so too. I think so too. Yeah, because even even when he gives the pin back, she has to reach over the right hand. Mm -hmm. Let us know in the comment section if you guys think it's right or left. Figured if I'm gonna be riding a horse, I might as well be wearing the right hat. No, you know, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just. It looks like he's using his right hand to me. I'll yeah, be honest. Like, his arm does look like it's moving a little bit. Like, it looks like, like he riding. moved it to hold steady, and then he like hands the pen back to the right. But I can't tell if he did that. Yeah, I don't it's know. Hard to tell. Man, why do they have to have this weird ass angle? You can't. Man. You can't zoom in on the the smaller screen up there. Yeah, let's say the small <laughs> screen. Oh, All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna get real close. I, I can't <laughs> zoom in on this, but I'm gonna try to get real close to this. Okay, do it, and I can see I can see the the screen actually pretty good. But I can't tell. It looks like it's all done, dude. He has both hands right above <laughs> the signature stuff. I can't tell who who writes like this. Play it back a little bit. Play it back one more time. I think I see him. With his right that's hand. Not, that's not far enough. Remember, my second monitor is like a 42-inch screen. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it looks like he's writing with his right hand right there. Yeah, it does look like his right hand. Yeah. And then... This guy looks like blue on the right. Sleep. Did you read this over? Yes. Okay. What I'm talking about is the written... Uh, 
You're asking the wrong person. No, they they that they're gonna move one of the cases to September first. Like to get no, 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 no. They're court. gonna they're gonna keep the. Oh. So there's a September first court hearing already. Um, they let's back it up a little bit. The judge asked Ann Taylor if she was prepared um, to give a trial date, and she said no. That she has. Um, they they have the September first hearing for. Um, the motion to dismiss the grand jury. She wants to keep that. She also stated that she has two more motions that she's uh, wanting to file. And then after she files those motions, um, then they'll meet with the state to come up with a reasonable setting for the trial is basically okay. what she said. And so uh, I wonder what those two motions are. You know, if, if I was filing something, a motion in this case, it would be to suppress the phone pings based on the warrant not being adequate enough. I think that might be one of them. Yeah. What, what do you guys think could be, you know, another reason or another motion that they could be filing? That would be one for sure. Uh, for me, at least, you know what I mean? The cell phone pings. Uh, yeah. I think the fact, I mean, maybe the, the way they obtained that, you know what I mean? They attained the, the DNA from trash and all that stuff. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know if they had enough to, for a warrant for them to go through his, uh, you know, through his records and whatnot. Do you think, Blue? Do you think that it could, it could be a change of venue too? Oh yeah, didn't, yeah. It could be for the hearing, yeah, to get like a more, I guess, non-biased jury pool. Yeah. But I'm surprised they didn't do it from the get-go, man. I think they tried, didn't they? And I thought, I thought, and so this is where I'm confused, mm -hmm. because I thought that the uh, what ended up being agreed upon was that they're bringing people, people Yeah, they're bringing people from other counties in, and but the trial was going to take place in Lawton County. Now, mm -hmm. if the judge is, you know, getting summons to jury duty, that's eh, kind of weird. She wants the cameras removed is what was on Twitter or X. That's true, too, that she does want the cameras removed. Yeah. I hope she don't get that one, man. I, I really, uh, you know. Even even though this sounds like they're talking in cursive, it's, it's better than nothing. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> they probably did that on purpose, man. They probably like, we're going to put you right here next to the the typist. And that way they can't turn it up because if they turn up the microphone too loud, that's going to blow our eardrums. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So let's continue this. glad you guys are here so there want two motions one being the courtroom the other one being that uh they want to know what the, something about it was hard to hear something about the witnesses after trial because one of her one of her witnesses was uh approached uh, visited yeah visited by fbi and interrogated yeah i think that's pretty that's 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 a pretty big claim don't you think Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's on record too, so she, she theoretically she can't be lying. Yeah. Damn, that's gonna be a, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah, I, was yeah. Say, I, I didn't even hear anything about the FBI doing anything further in the case. Yeah, I mean, but then again, I mean, um, what do you call it? Um. The, the FBI doesn't want to give up their tactics at the end of the day. So, but isn't that like witness tampering? To go mess with a witness? You know what well, I'm saying? Well, I mean, it also depends when, right? It could have been before they even knew that she was a witness or she's talking about like after Most, everything was already done. Yeah, she's talking about afterwards. She said after after her testimony. Okay, well, that's, uh, FBI, that's, that's a big no-no. Right, but what if the FBI is there for another case, or something else? I don't know, man. Maybe, but she's kind of alluding it to being that it was referencing this. But to me, that sounds like, like, like (laughs) somebody says, we all know that the FBI does things legally, right? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) For example, Ruby Ridge. You ever heard of of the Battle of Ruby Ridge? I haven't. Look it up. You then tell me how. FBI works. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I agree with you guys. I, I don't, I don't trust or wouldn't, you know, put it past the FBI to do some shady stuff, right? But does that mean that you know Brian Koberger didn't commit this crime? No, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Now, um, 
I get why people are upset, mm-hmm. you know, you know, constitutionalists saying, hey, you know, um, Very Brian Koberger, you know, innocent until proven guilty. You know, you looked at at, um, you know, sites you shouldn't have that, you know, you know, blaming this. Nobody knows for sure. Right. Because the FBI hasn't given up their work. So we don't know for sure that they used, you know, sites that they weren't supposed to. Right. And so. They they very well could have been done this completely legal. We don't know. But let's just say they, you know, you're a constitutionalist and stuff. I just don't think Koberger should be like your constitutionalist hero. I think I think you might want to choose a different one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because don't get don't get me wrong. The constitutionalists right now, the constitutionists right now are getting their popcorn and soda ready because they're ready for the the Tucker Carlson uh, interview tonight with oh, Donald yeah, dude. J. Trump. So that's going to be interesting. We probably we probably need to cover that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Last time we went to through the political road avenue, that didn't that didn't go so well. <laughs> We had to we had to delete videos. <laughs> uh, that was some good times, but that was when we only had like forty subs. Maybe it'll be different this time. Who knows? <laughs> but we had sixty when the show started. <laughs> we probably did, man. We probably did. All right, let's finish this off, man. Any objection to? Uh, hearing this year, the, the, the uh, motion along with these two more motions uh, to be heard on September 20th, Mr. Carson? Uh, I don't believe so, Your Honor. I have not seen exactly what the motions are, but if you were saying they're very straightforward, I would think that we could, with the motions we have issued, we'd raise the support of Ms. Taylor. I will, for the record, since Ms. Taylor has brought up the situation to the parties, did the court and counsel background. Over the weekend, Ms. Vargas, after she testified, engaged in some electronic communications with others in the genetic genealogy field. Uh, those indicated, as it was reported to the investigators, far investigators, that she was reading on some of the things that she testified to in court. When we heard of that, we, I reached out to the investigators and said, Can you find out what's going on? And the FBI indeed undertook the investigation. Um, and their reports are that um, Ms. Vargas claims that some of what was in her declaration. She inadvertently agreed to her sign without fully reading it. Um, we're documenting that so we can propose it to Ms. Taylor and, uh, and uh, to the court because I think those directly to what happened last week. Um, that's the only reason that she was contacted because it's important to us that she was retracting some of what she had testified to in what was in her declaration. And we felt okay. very easy to cover that system. There was no other motive, no other motivation for this. I just wanted to. Okay. All right, so everybody jumps down the FBI's throat real quick, right? Because they do some shady shit politically, and and um, you know what I'm saying, um, and maybe do some shady stuff in other places. But apparently, according to the prosecutors, they're saying that they asked the investigators to go out there because one of the witnesses was redacting some of the things that she was testifying to. Mm-hmm. She was changing documents after the fact, and they wanted to figure out what was going on. So the witness was doing some shady stuff, apparently. Yeah. Uh, man, this this lawyer is pretty good because the way she 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 
says things and Taylor, she's like, Oh, they interrogate her and did this and that. And like, it makes you think that they were like, you know, giving her the nine degrees and don't seem no. like it. Yeah. And most of this trial is going to be the dialogue that they use towards each other. Yeah. And I'll say this, you know, there are things that, that Thompson says that I think that he says them right. There's room for question. He doesn't answer it clearly sometimes. Like, for instance, the three DNA thing. He could have come up with a, you know, an answer for that. Like, hey, you know, we, we, but then again, they didn't want, they don't want to use FBI. So I think the reason why he doesn't bring up anything is because they don't want to use the FBI's testimony. If he brings it up in court um, that the FBI did it or whatever, then that might lead for the defense to, you know, say, all right, now it's open for us to use, right? So he's not saying anything about the FBI and I, you know, the other two unidentified profiles and the third one outside weren't, you know, given a tree. You know what I'm saying? Now let's continue this. I should finish it out on this one. Why did it pause? Because you said FBI. Yeah. So, uh, what, what are they doing? It's working weird. I'm not even doing anything. That's certainly different than the information that I received. I would have been happy to be advised about that, but I'm not sure that's Did you ever did you notice that Coburger barely moved at all? Yeah. I was like, holy crap, like that guy can stand still or sit still. He he definitely can. Um you're right. You know, I didn't notice it until you mentioned it now, but that that's accurate. That is accurate. So this is the uh, newest motion that was filed, the newest document that was filed. This is the reply to the state's objection to the defendant's motion to dismiss grand jury on the grounds of error and grand jury instructions. Now comes, or shit, there's my dyslexia, comes now Brian Koberger, by and through their attorney, Jay Weston Logsdon, chief deputy litigation, and hereby submits the following reply to the state's objection to his previously filed motion to dismiss the indictment for error on instruction. Uh, as to the standard of proof or the remand for preliminary hearing. Uh, There is no Idaho Supreme Court authority binding on this court as to the standard of proof for grand jury. The state begins by arguing that Edmondson, 
Uh, oh, shit, there's 12 pages. Edmondson contained a holding binding upon court and the standard of proof of grand jury is probable cause. The state's brief at two, the state insists that it was um, a holding because the Supreme Court relied upon it to come to two conclusions. The use of grand jury as opposed to a preliminary hearing did not violate equal protection and the court may set aside an indictment like in probable cause. You know, I got a question for y'all. <clears throat> Why not just do the preliminary hearing? I mean, it was planned for, there was a date. Mm-hmm. Why do this? I think because it was going to be a circus with everybody that's interested in the case, they would swamp that city and there's not enough. They would have to bring extra people just, you know, guard the, like the courthouse and more security and cost the, the state a lot more money. Mm-hmm. And then just do it the, the secret grand jury. I don't know, man. I, I just feel like they should have just done the preliminary hearing and there would have been no question. You know, you the defense, you know, say what they need to say. You know, if you feel that the guy that you have there is a guy and that your case is solid, you know, the same shit goes with the, the defense. You know, if you're confident with, uh, as a prosecutor in your case, what is he going to say in that preliminary setting that is going to exonerate him? If you did your investigation right, there shouldn't be anything. Everybody says that because uh, if they did, they would have to bring up the witnesses. And the defense can talk to them at that point. Yeah, but so what? Like, they're going to have to talk to them, you know, at one point or another. It's going to happen. All right. Like, so what? Like, the trial setting is going to happen. The witnesses are going to have to come forward. You know, I would think you would want to do it. Call it a practice. You know, what you're going to expect, what and what questions you're going to be asked, you know, things like that. You know, this setting here, whatever those witnesses say, isn't going to, you know, in the preliminary hearing, in my opinion, it's going to find Koberger, you know, you know, exonerate him. Right. And so. Just do it. I mean, if your case is strong, just do it. That's basically all I got to say with that. All right. So I just kind of want to go through this and see what else is on here. The standard of proof of grand juries at beyond a reasonable doubt. Let me see what this says. The state's next argument is that despite its plain language actually has to be into probable cause because the Idaho Supreme Court adopted a rule on the same issue, which according to the state forces the court to abandon the usual rules of statutory interpretation, state's brief at five through six. The Idaho Supreme Court remarked once in dicta that it did not think that the statute set the standard at beyond a reasonable doubt in Gasper versus a phrase in their judgment means no one should question what a grand jury does. The word warrant in 1862 meant to authorize, give authority or power to do or forbear anything by which the person authorized is secured or saved harmless from 
any loss damage. But, and um, the debate at the Idaho Constitutional Convention demonstrates a knowledgeable group clearly aware of the laws and the effect of the territory. Organization of the state's arguments, we have two relating to the plain meaning of the statute, two relating to the judicial interpretations and argument about the separation powers, presumably, and an argument history. The plain language that the statute does not help the state's case, especially if you are speaking in 1862, but we're not speaking in 1862. We're speaking in 2023. Hear thee, hear thee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brittany Dunn comes in with a five dollar super chat. Hey, it's great to see y'all. Thank you for your jobs. It makes my job as an official true crime supporter easy and understandable. Thank you. We appreciate that. We truly Thank do. You. All right. So um the state's argument as to plain language on the statute is confusing at best. While warrant today might give the state some wiggle room to advance a reasonable foundation argument. Its own quote from 1862 permits no such reading of the statute. Why then does the state claim that to authorize, to give authority or power to do somehow shows that the grand jury was permitted to act at a lower standard of proof? State's argument as to what in their judgment means is even more confusing. The state's cases cite seem to merely indicate that the grand jury's ability to nullify I'm going to skip through this. This is just talking about different case, different cases that support their argument. But I don't see anything uh, actual. Just saying that they want to, you know, continue and, you know, their claims on the, uh, on the, uh, Grounds for error for dismissal on the grand jury. Hmm. Hmm. I have to go through this more, like, because just to see what are the points that are have anything to do with the case, and what is like case law that is just kind of reiterating the same stuff over and over again. Thank you, Gail, for the five dollar super chat. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Super thank sticker. You. Mr. Koberger asserts a theory. Not his defense, but Koberger himself. You know, that kind of tells me that maybe perhaps Koberger does have a little bit more of a hand in things than you know. What we're saying, but Mr. Koberger asserts a theory that the law allows and seeks a remedy this court can grant. The state's final argument is that erroneous instructions to a grand jury do not permit either dismissal, but to treat the indictment as a presentment. Once again, a torturous path to this conclusion must be tread. First, the state claims only statutory basis for dismissal can affect the grand jury, relying on a case from 1927. While the defense is typically interested in the past, the state already noted that in Edmondson, the court went beyond what the statute permits. <clears throat> the defense already explained why courts like Idaho have gone beyond the statutes to find the due process concerns attached to, to grand juries. Defense's brief at 18. The state likely realizes that the 
argument has little likelihood of success and shifts to arguing that the prejudice must be shown. First, Mr. Koberger disagrees. Yes, the cases counsel cited are for trial juries. However, there is simply no credible argument to be made that the state may mislead a grand jury as to the standard of proof and rely on the indictment it procures. Additionally, it makes little to no sense that a defendant deprived of his right to counsel for preliminary hearing will doom his eventual conviction, but a defendant given a grand jury told it may indict a ham sandwich has no recourse. So they're basically trying to say that they're arguing the fact that it's very easy to indict somebody, right? Mm -hmm. And that uh, that shouldn't be the statute when it comes to you know, defendants and, and, and people that are accused of a crime. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I sort of agree with them. I'm not going to lie. I think that it would be fair to have counsel, uh, you know, that represent the defense in grand jury um, trials or grand jury um, settings where they can also say, hey, you know, this evidence that they're telling you that my client did, this is the evidence that my client has that um says otherwise now make your your decision right so yeah you know what i mean yes, oh, sir. Wow. thank you purple for your 9.99 super sticker that's a pretty cool one thank you thank you thank you all right and so to this do- one <laughs> <laughs> that's true the koozies man if where I put my yeah, I have it somewhere here. Oh, it's right here. I have it upside down. Mine's right here. I got mine right over there. I have to go get. No, you're good. All right. So the to deprive the accused of fundamental right has natural consequences. Second, Mr. Koberger uh, will demonstrate in a separate motion that prejudice that resulted from erroneous instruction in this matter. Finally, the state argues it can only seek another indictment, and there is no way for this court to treat this indictment as present. Present uh, The law is re- replete with courts treating legal documents masquerading as one thing at, as what they actually are. The state's argument that the language in the IC and 04 does not give courts the power to prevent resubmission of a case to grand jury is simply inaccurate. The the Idaho Supreme Court found that a court can refuse resubmission. So that's the angle. They want to get the um, grand jury thrown out and then not have it resubmitted, essentially, basically releasing them from jail. And nope. I don't know. I don't know. How do you, how do you file? You, you, they're trying to prevent him being charged again. That's mm-hmm. not how things work. The only time you cannot be charged again is if you were acquitted. Double jeopardy. That's the, that's the double jeopardy rule. You know, just because the grand jury didn't go the way you like it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Yeah. So I'll take double jeopardy for 500, please. <laughs> yeah, we're all done here. We have just this much. All right. The opinions of various district courts are not persuasive authority. The state also appends to its decision three district court opinions claiming they are persuasive authority. Certainly all these respectable jurists may have 
attempted to tackle these issues, but they did not have the benefit of Mr. Koperger's briefing and research elucidating where the beyond a reasonable standard for grand juries originated and how it has been treated by prosecutors uh, and courts ever since its adoption. It appears that the state has from these decisions much of its argument and there is nothing within them that has not been addressed above. Thus, the defense respectfully asked the court to approach the subject with an open mind. Well, I can tell you well, it's probably going to be closed or turned away, in my opinion. I agree. So, yeah, you know, I don't think it's going to fly. Mm-mm. Hell no. And look at the a gallon of water, or is that vodka? Yeah, it's tequila. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, so we'll answer just a couple questions and then we're going to close out the show um I, I, my stream is not working again Wait, there, there was there's one there was one that asked uh, how nelson was nelson's doing good he's doing good uh he's getting better every day thank you for reminding me because there is a uh a raffle that's going on uh, i'll pull this back up in a second but we're raffling off this rescue theme handmade quilt. Uh, $5 per entry. Uh, easiest way to enter is through Cash App. If you don't use Cash App, email me and we'll, uh, we'll let you know how you can enter it in. But the drawing will be on August 28th. So you have just a few more days uh, to enter into the contest. Um, you can enter multiple times. and. Uh, it's like a 500, 400, 300. I don't know how much it's worth, but it's worth a couple of hundred bucks. And so it's a great value. Uh, I'll tell you what, my mother-in-law has made me like four or five of these, like for me and my wife. And I'll say that, um, that I use mine all the freaking time, summer or not. I love it. So like I said, open it up a little bit. Nice. So, and the back. And if when you look close to it, uh, see how it's stitched in to the uh, with little bones or whatnot. And, and why we're doing this raffle is a benefit for my uh, our Frenchie. He has IVDD, which basically he lost his ability to move his rear legs. And we had to go through a lengthy uh, or not a lengthy. We had to go through a very expensive surgery cost us about eight thousand dollars just for the surgery and and through a lengthy rehab that he's still doing today um he just went out there about a week ago went through the aquifer uh, there's a little bit of concern that another disc might be bulging so our prayers are that it's not but um you know we're doing the raffle for his benefit and to you know kind of ease the financial stress that that caused you know what i'm saying so we'd appreciate it and um Blue, are you popping something? Oh, dude, that was that was me, man. My bad. I thought I had a mute button on. <laughs> I was messing with the koozie, man. My bad. Uh, it was like, what is that? Noise? Like, but, uh, I'm, on, I'm on mute. How, how do you hear that? <laughs> I, I, I I I messed up, homie. I messed up. But um, yeah, what's it called? I'm a I'm gonna head out, man. I got some things to do real quick. But um, hey, thanks for having me on, everybody in the chat, members, new members, right, mods. Yeah. 
everybody thank you and i'll see y'all not friday <laughs> but maybe saturday or sunday y'all take care that see sounds next, good my man next week see you next time let's see how long right. it takes for me to get the hell out of here because <laughs> my my computer is gonna mess it up <laughs> it's all good man what was that it was meg p i wanted to answer that question you're still on hymen It'd probably be better if you just turn it off or close it. There it is. Yeah. Um, Meg, if you can ask that question again, I can't find it. No, I can look for it. <laughs> I can see Hyman still messing around in the in the back. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Do you guys believe that the grand jury works anymore? Should there be a preliminary only? That's a great question. I, I, I side with the preliminary. You know, believe it or not, a lot of people think that because, you know, they're on max long or whatever the case may be, that I'm just pro whatever the courts and law enforcement say. Uh, not necessarily. I'm very much a constitutionalist for the most part. Um, I just don't think that I don't want to support somebody I think you know, committed a quadruple homicide. You know what I'm saying? He's not my hero for constitutional rights. So, you know, that is what it is. But um, when it comes to, like, for instance, the three DNAs that were unknown, if there was a workup, which I doubt that there was, but if there was a workup done on it, then the defense should have it. Now, the reason I don't think there was a workup done on it is because that workup was done by the FBI not by Moscow or, or anything else. And so, you know, the FBI doesn't want to give up their work on what they did with Brian. I don't think they're going to give up their work if they even tried to do it with the other three unknown. But I think that it was based off of the FBI profile why one wasn't done on all three. But I do think that all information relative to, you know, how somebody became a suspect should be given to the, to the defendant. You know, I, I think that Brian Koberger should have that IgG stuff. I don't think it's going to make a difference, you know, but I think, I think both sides should have all the information that they possibly can to present themselves correctly. So I don't know. Let me see. Uh, yeah. Thank you, miss uh, Lily C. Uh, she says, DT, oh my God, sorry to hear that about your Frenchie. I have, have one as well. I have heard of that. Yes, super expensive, but with love therapy uh, DN, and patients, he'll be okay. Yeah, he's so this it occurred a while ago and um, he was given like a 10 percent chance to walk again. I think, you know, uh, basically there's stages of IVDD and like one of the more. Um, earlier or less dangerous or, or extensive uh, situations is, is where the dogs can still stand, but they're wobbly and they fall over. The most extreme case would be losing the ability to move your rear legs. And so for, for Nelson, he had the extreme case and um, you know, he's my, my wife's like apple over eye for forever. 
And so I, I couldn't just put him down. And now, and now he's about 80%, I'll say. He's about 80%. They don't want the preliminary hearing because the defense gets a peek at the state's case. Yeah, but, I mean, if the case is good, so, you know? Why is it called a koozie, though? That's a good one. Why do, why do they call them koozies, Blue? I think you would know the answer to that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's true. I will be taking this off once we hit 40K. Let's see. We'll answer a few more, and then we'll be getting out of here. Do you see anything there, Blue? Uh, just prayers for Nelson. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. All right. I don't see anything else. Um, do you have any final things to say, Big Blue, before we call it a show? We went over two hours. Yeah. I mean, I just want to say thank you for everybody for watching. Uh, thank you for, you know, all the mods and, and the super stickers, you know, and just just keep an eye out there, man. There's there's a lot of dangerous people out there. There's another case that I heard of about the little girl in California. Sad mm-hmm. situation. I'm not sure if we're going to cover it or not. We really don't like covering kid stories, but we'll see. But I'll you know, take yeah. care, guys. And they already caught the guy, which is good. And quick, uh, Tommy Gessinger is asking if we have a PayPal. We do. Email me because my wife isn't is in charge of that and I'm wrong turkey show but it might be Nelson's walking fun I know that's what the the Venmo is uh, Nelson's walking fun Um, and uh, email us and we'll be able to give you that information on the PayPal so with that being said y'all we'll come back on what's today Wednesday we'll come back on Friday Probably a little bit later than normal. Um, I got to go out of town and pick up my my older daughters. And uh, so I'll be back probably around 30. So we'll probably kick the party off about 745. But uh, make sure. Yeah, I did hear about the PA shooting. It's horrific. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea. She's amazing. Uh, With that being said, yeah, we'll see you next time. Peace.